Podcast, Justin Bedford, alongside Noah Russo, as always. How you doing, buddy? I am well. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Not eh, not a busy week, really. No, uh, just uh, you know, just trying to cope with this time change here. Oh my goodness, the time! Yeah. I uh, it's, it's the worst. The spring and forward. Yeah, absolutely got it. Usually though, usually I like I didn't have to work yesterday. Usually. I work that night and it springs forward and it, I work nights. So it like you get done, you look at the clock, it's like 4 a.m. And it's like, do I even sleep at this point? Like, what's the point? Exactly. It's yeah, absolutely devastating. Ugh, losing the hours sleep is <clears> so. It makes me want to live in it one hurts. of those places where they don't change times. They just like, you know, like I know like Saskatchewan does that. Yeah. 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 Saskatchewan stays on the same time the entire year. Yeah, I don't Mountain know. Mountain time in the summer and central time in the winter. Yeah. It's the way to go. <clears throat> it is the way to go. It's the way to the future. But then really. you have to live in Saskatchewan. And, like, do you really want that is the question. I hear Saskatchewan's very underrated. Now, I've never personally been because I wouldn't do that to myself. But I've driven through it. And I will give it credit. Easy drive. Flat and straight. Right no through. mountains, though. No mountains, a lot of wheat, a lot of lakes. <laughs> you can see, like, when you're driving, because I usually, when I drive out from Alberta to Ontario, I obviously have to go through Saskatchewan, right? They do have some real good lakes, though. That's a good point. Yeah, but it's nice when you're, like, approaching, like, I think Regina, and, like, there's the Rough Riders Stadium, their CFL football team, for those who don't know, and you can see it, I swear, from, like, 100 kilometers away. <laughs> you're like, that's Regina. Mosaic? Is that what it's called? It is. Oh, good, good yeah. ball knowledge. New mosaic, I think even. It could be, could be. I wouldn't know. They redid it, but yeah. Yeah, it, um, no, it's a. Yeah, time zone though, big big plus. Would love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Not not a fan of the spring forward fallback. Although I guess no. more sunlight now, but. Yeah. Is it worth yeah. it? Like at what cost? Exactly. Yeah, I I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, not too much else going on around. Uh, the league and with the Panthers obviously they've had a good recent stretch of games but first we should apologize we didn't record our post-trade deadline episode that we meant to we both just kind of got bogged down with stuff so I know much didn't happen on the actual trade deadline but any move that really stood out to you um, I, I did think on the Friday that John Kling- I thought John Klingberg was not expensive at all for the Wild you know what uh, so I initially thought that, right? Yeah. But then I watched John Klingberg with the Wild. And I know statistically he's been, like, the worst defenseman in the league this year. And I know a lot of people say, you know, well, it's the Ducks, right? He hasn't looked great. I won't lie. Ah. He, I don't know what's happened to John Klingberg, but 
you can't handle the puck no more. Add him to the Kevin LeBanc fan club where like you just take a one year contract to bet on yourself and it just does not not go well. No, it really does. I don't know why you would do that. Especially in Anaheim. How could you think that's gonna go well for you? He was like really good in like 17, 18, and then since like, then it's just been, been like a he really like I like this year he's been very bad, but I he's good. Yeah. I, I swear. Um, other moves. I mean, like uh, again, nothing really happened on the Friday. Um, I do like the Predators getting Rasmus Asplund from the Sabers. It was like a seventh round pick, and I know that that's like a really minor transaction, but I do actually I like Rasmus Asplund a lot. I think he's a good two way player, so I really like that uh, addition for Nashville. Everything else, I guess, like the Richie brothers getting traded for each other is kind of fun. And I, and they might, might I just say these Calgary Flames love Nick Ritchie. They really do, right? And they you, do. I don't know why, but they love him. And they were talking about how they couldn't get him in the offseason, and like now they get to get him. I just yawn me. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that one. Like I guess he's like a very Calgary like type player. But is he any good? I don't know. It uh, it hurts my head. It hurts my head. Yeah, like other than that, like yeah, really like boring trade deadline. Like I tuned in. I usually watched like the entire trade deadline, like the entire day coverage. You know, I usually like plop myself on the couch, order some food, and just like vibe mm. and do work in the background. But this, I didn't even do it this time because I was like, I, I think I may have watched ten minutes. I didn't even. Oh, you've cut out. You cut out. We've... Okay, okay, but you cut out. No, but I did. We... I'm I'm hardwired plugged into the internet right now. It cannot be me. We've established this. Um, it's clearly you. Uh, well, I I will I will disagree, and I I will maintain that it's on you. All right. Um, you were saying you tuned in. Tuned into about ten minutes of the Sportsnet one. Um, so did I. I saw that they were clearly paid a lot of money by Boston Pizza to advertise Boston Pizza products, and I tuned out. I tuned in, and it was just 10 minutes of them talking about the Curtis Lazar trade. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like... It was the same 10 minutes I watched, and then they they brought a pizza out. I know, and they're like, Bruce, here's a pizza. Tell us about (laughs) Curtis Lazar. (laughs) And I was like, this is just, like, tragic. Um, uh, Yaka Brana, I guess, to, to the Blues. I did see that coming, like, yeah, that's something. I mean, like a tough contract to move. I get it, right? And you know, obviously, yeah. um, with the season he's had, um, and I thought I mean, like, and you you want to know what like it's really interesting moves. St. Louis picked up Kasperi Kapanen from waivers earlier, and then they they trade for Jacob Brana. So I, I think that I, I, yeah, I think I think St. Louis is looking at a short rebuild here. That's what they're going yeah. for. They're going for the quick retool on the fly, get some picks. And it makes sense because they have some good young players, right? With Cairo, Robert Thomas, right? They still have Colton mm-hmm. Perico, who's unbelievable. So, like, they'll, I think they'll be, like, a couple years' time, they'll be back in the mix. Like, where's Jacob Vrana, like, has so much upside, right? Like, yeah, there's he... a reason I drafted him in our fantasy hockey league for the upside. That didn't materialize this season at all. Yeah, because 
like yeah no he he was he's supposed to be better than he is yeah so it's it's a good right like i think if you're the blues like it's a smart move because you're saying like listen this guy we know we've got offensive potential right and i'm sure they're very like well versed in like you know what was going on you know off the ice this year and stuff like that right but they're probably looking at it like all right like you bring this guy in if he performs like we think he can perform right the contracts fair value will help us turn around and if he doesn't we have the cap space where we're not really trying to be like we're not competitive we're not competitive and it's fine exactly right so it's it's not terrible from them i think the acquisition cost was obviously really really low so i don't mind that from them um, in terms of what really relates to the Panthers, Penguins adding Nick Benino, you know, in the mix for those, uh, lot, you know, the two wild card spots. Penguins added him, and they also added Mikhail Granlin. Um, very Penguins type players to add. Yeah, like looking at the schedule, it's it's I I I think the Penguins are gonna have and they. They won in overtime against the Rangers today. I watched uh, the last two minutes of overtime. Um, it's uh, it's looking like Pittsburgh's going to make it. But I do think Florida has a very realistic po- shot at catching the Islanders. Yeah, well, we ought to talk about that, too. Because obviously, like, the Islanders and the Penguins, they played, right? And everyone was kind of rooting for the Penguins. And they choked it. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Pittsburgh. But the last stretch has been pretty good for the Panthers for the most part. They're 9-5-1 and one in the last 15, 15 games remaining. Realistically, for them to get into the playoffs, they have to be around the same. Um, yeah. What's your confidence level on them doing it? First of all, I should start out by saying, by the way, comeback cat, are they back? Two comeback games where they're able to get, well, they got one point yesterday against Winnipeg, and they'll, they got the two against Chicago. Like two against Chicago were uh, <clears throat> relief points. Uh, it's kind of it's one of those ones where it's like it is very nice they came back to like, but they shouldn't have had to really come back. Yeah, exactly. In either of those games, I think they were the far better team, and it'd be nice if you weren't in a hole and have to dig yourself out. At the same time, though, it does at least show some resilience and battle level from the group, which I think has been missing for a lot of the season. Like compared to last season when they were down, you kind of confident they'd come back this year when they've been down in games they kind of just look defeated so from that perspective somewhat positive but yeah like... and i mean I'm, I'm just i'm looking at the schedule and my confidence level is actually pretty high really now, the the issue here is Ooh. i know um they played toronto three times yes they play the Rangers once. They play the Devils once. Like, yeah. and they, they end the season against Carolina. Yeah. Like, it's... those, like, like mm-hmm. those are the games that you don't normally expect them to win, necessarily. But, they, they and, and you don't, they're not, I'm trying to figure out the perfect way to put this. They're not must-win games unless you're, the teams you're competing with go on runs. Yeah. What it's like. Right? Because you look at the rest of the schedule. And they play Montreal twice. They play Detroit. They play Philadelphia. They play Ottawa a couple times. 
like in those two those two audible games by the way are going to be so Massive. important so is that buffalo game but like and the washington game but those are all super winnable games and like columbus too like like i i feel like they play some really good teams but also some pretty bad teams yeah it's one of those ones like i think there are games that are like they should be really really winnable you mark them down as a w on your schedule that's detroit that's going to be Columbus, and that's going to be Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Those are the games non-negotiable. You need to win those games to have a chance <clears throat> because those are the ones you're supposed to win. You got to win them. You need to win the point, the games against the teams you're competing for those spots with. Unless those teams like start, like Ottawa, if they start slumping right and they're out of it, then it's less important. But if they're in the mix, you got to win those games, and then you got to win one or two against these these top top teams like Toronto like Carolina you need to get a couple you need to get a win at the Devils as well you need to win you need at least I think from the New Jersey three against Toronto and one against Carolina that's five games I think you need to go at least two one and two yeah I think you need at least six points from those five if that's the math which I think it is yeah, or you could go three and two. I think yeah, yeah. the minimum, the minimum, uh, minimum you need to win two, two of those five. Yeah, you need to win those ones. You need to win against the the teams you're competing with is huge. Like you can't lose, like at least win one of them. You can't lose both to Ottawa, right? You can't lose the. You gotta, you gotta win against Buffalo, probably. You do, and and like they they do go on a four game road trip. Like that's a week long road trip. That's not going to be easy. Um, yeah, you know they they go to Canada in the winter, right? You know, it's, uh, I actually I don't know how the weather is out <laughs> east. I don't know if it's getting a little milder or anything. Um, yes. but uh, you never know. It could it could mess with you. But um, definitely a couple back to backs in there. Uh, you're you're like, actually I think they yeah they just have they have two back to backs left. Now you have Detroit and Philadelphia, back to back. Those are cl- those are going to be important, but super winnable. That being said, then you go the next week. You do Toronto, then Montreal back to back. Yeah. Strategically, do you start Bob on the first or the second game? Both, or both, both, both. I start Bob every night. It's probably the way to go, to be honest. Yeah, maybe one or two starts for Alex Leon. And then the other thing, too, like I'm looking at other team schedules, too. Like I look at the Islanders' schedule because that's really like the number one team in the mix right now. Yeah. For that spot, you're going to need some help here from Tampa because Tampa plays them twice. Tampa has been up and down lately, eh? I know, but they really, that would be a huge help. They do have a California road trip swing. I like the Kings to win that game. The Ducks like, scrapped out a win against Calgary. I think Calgary and the Islanders, very similar stylistic teams. Maybe they can grab mm-hmm. something there. And then the San Jose Sharks, like, I'm not confident they can do anything. But maybe Eric Carlson does it. <clears throat> does it to him. Um, yeah, it's, I like you said, you're reasonably confident. I'm like 50 50. I, I, would... I was my, like you, you. You said what's your <laughs> level of confidence, and I, my, the number in my head was 60-40. 60 they oh, make yeah. it, forty they don't. 
Yeah. I think I'm 50-50 right now. But I would also say, like, if you're if you're a Panthers fan, right, I think just enjoy this last stretch of the season, regardless. Because last season was an amazing year for the Panthers, right? Winning the President's President's Trophy. But towards the end of the season, right, like realistically, like January onwards, right? Last year, you're like, all right, we know you're you know you're in the playoffs, you know you're gonna be one of those top three teams in the in the division. Right. It's all said. It's like you're kind of just waiting to get to the playoffs, right? And then that's where the excitement begins. The excitement for Panthers fans is now you're in a battle, right? For these final spots. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You hope they get in. But I think just enjoy this last stretch of games. Regardless of the outcome. Enjoy the journey. One hundred percent. Right? Because this is you you want like people love the playoffs because the playoffs mean something, right? These games mean something right now. There's your season's on the line. You know, you're not just coasting through. And that's what makes hockey exciting. That's what makes it fun. And so I think just appreciate it and enjoy and hope that they're able to to get in. And and I do think that, you know, enjoy this stretch, but also keep in mind that I think it's going to be better next season. Yeah. Well, I I do want to get into talking about next season um, because there's a little bit more flexibility for Panthers. There's a lot of kind of avenues to go through. So I do want to talk about that. But first, we do have our mid-episode ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet back up to ten dollars um are you a big college basketball guy Noah I like the March Madness all right who's who's your team I'm curious enough who, who you rooting for this year well I oh I always do this and I you you're gonna laugh at me but I always cheer for the Ivy League team until oh, yeah you're, you're always eliminated. the guy yeah yeah I, I I have to you know so usually that's a first or second round elimination so um I, I then I usually go for the underdog or the mascot I like the most. Yeah, I like that. I respect it. I like Gonzaga, cool name. Yeah. Right, yeah. like I don't, I'm, I'm not tied to any of these schools. Like I like no. Michigan. We went to Michigan once on a trip. You and we I did. That we was did. nice. I've been to Notre. I don't even know if Notre Dame's in it, but I went to Notre Dame once on a trip. Nice school. Nice. Um, Madison, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, great place. So, I again, I don't know if it, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if these teams are in it. To be honest, I know Houston's in it and they're pretty good. And my friend used to play for them. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not really tied to anyone, but we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and so you can get in on all that action by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And you can sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, back to hockey. For the Panthers, you mentioned the offseason. Um, if the Panthers got into the playoffs or didn't get into the playoffs, how does that affect how you would approach this offseason if you were the team? 
no, because you know I I I think that you're it doesn't really change anything. Like it it'd be nice to make the playoffs for the experience, but like you're gonna play Boston if you make the playoffs, and I I know what you think you how you feel about the Panthers going up against Boston. I'm a little more pessimistic than you in that regard. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're you're really talking about an extra six games played. Yeah. I and think like, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't see it as having that big of an impact on whether, on what you do in the offseason, on whether you, you, I, on, on what you do. So, I don't think there's that big of an impact, to be honest. With yeah, you. like I, I agree with you. I think regardless whether they get it or not, you look at it and you say this roster, you know, whatever we have going on right now is a fringe playoff team. Whether you get in or not, that's where you are on the fringe. And that's yeah. not you want to get you want to be more in the contender kind of status. Um, And so whether you get in or not is irrelevant to me in terms of the offseason. You mentioned a matchup, potential matchup with Boston. Do you remember a few Boston's looking unbeatable right now? Well, they lost to Detroit today. Exactly. But ignore that. This season they've been pretty well unbeatable, right? You know, they're they're the team to beat, right? Just based on what they've done this season. A few years ago, there was a team similar to that that got bounced in round one. And who was the man who did it to him? Sergei Bobrovsky. Tampa Bay Lightning. You know it. Four games. Four games. Four games of Sergey Bobrovsky. Well, and, and that's the reality, right? Like that. As much as we can talk about what we think is going to happen, the reality is yeah. truly that anything can happen in playoffs. Exactly. That's why you like it. It's the playoffs, right? Unpredictable. That, that's one hundred percent. So obviously, it'd be better to make playoffs, but I just I don't see it having an impact on the offseason yeah so talking about the offseason you know let's assume you know again panthers french playoff team what's your what's your kind of checklist what are your what are your priorities if you're the panthers you're gonna have a little more cap room some money coming off the books what are you looking to do i mean it's gonna depend on i'm gonna be curious as to what happens with spencer knight if you can count on him next season yeah Um, it's a big question mark and i'm sure because they'll have an answer on that. Because his his contract does kick in then, so mm-hmm. that that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, you you you're not looking at like doing that much. In the sense that I I think what you have to do is you have to set yourself up for the future, and that's without all those assets yeah it's a bit tricky i think for like the the cap is nice with the flexibility you have to use it well um in terms of guys to maybe move like maybe move a couple guys to free up some money um number one candidate for me and i do love him would be sam bennett just because i think with Barkov Wendell and Lusterine and with the way he's really progressed this year, I think you have enough depth at center that you can afford to move him out to add somewhere else. And he will he, he will have um 
a sign- I, you will have interest on the market. Um, yeah. I, I think the other one you can look at it potentially moving is Sam Reinhardt, but I just I don't think there's going to be that much interest for a, a bigger cap hit like that. Yeah, um, and I think with Sam Reinhardt too, like his, and I don't hate him. His, I kind of like is, him. His offensive numbers are way down this year, but and I know there's some people who don't like analytics, but analytically his underlying numbers are still pretty great, right? And there are some players in the league when you are not producing offense, you are not helping the team, right? In any right. way. There are guys who it's like empty calorie scoring. And right. and with Sam Reinhardt, if he's not scoring, he is still useful. And right? I, I'm probably probably looking at re-signing Radko Gudis. And I Ooh. I would I, I I like him. I what can I say? Um yeah, I know and I do think I do think his contract would be less than the two and a half million dollars he's making now. Yeah. Yeah, like I think Yeah, he'd probably get less. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Like you're probably looking at another two year deal for him. Yeah. I think I think the number one priority has to be the defense. And we've avoided, I think, saying it for most of the season, but I, I don't think Aaron Eckblad's been particularly good this year. Realistically. Based on what he's done the last few seasons, he has not been great on either side of the pocket. He hasn't been like John Klingberg bad, but he needs, like, he's the number one defenseman on this team. And I'm looking at the depth chart now, and it's, I think I'm, I'm seeing if I can get, if I can somehow get a good left shot defenseman. Yeah. To play with Aaron Eckblad because, uh, I mean, that was, it's like moving out Mackenzie Weger was potentially detrimental to, to Aaron Eckblad. Yeah, I, I agree. Moving out Mackenzie Weger, I think that, that pairing was very, very good, but th- their pairing, right? You kind of need them both. And I don't think. And I, I, think, I, I don't think you could have predicted that necessarily. Yeah, I think the I think the Panthers probably were probably banking on Mackenzie Weger's absence having a much less impact on the team as well as Aaron Eckblad. Yeah. Now this is where it gets interesting. Okay. Um Mackenzie Weger has had a pretty bad season. But he's a UFA. Do you bring him home? Like, Mackenzie Weaker isn't a UFA. Is he not? No, he signed an extension. Are you sure? I'm 100% certain I'm looking at it. I, I thought so, but I checked right before oh, I, I wanted to say anything. Oh, God. They uh, actually, oh, well, okay. Yeah, no, he, like, his contract does not look great either right now. You know, yeah, I'd stay far away from that. Never mind. Ignore <laughs> that. Okay, here's one name. I, here's one name I'm going to throw out at you. UFA, because, like, it's really hard to look at, like, trade stuff because oh. you don't know who's available, what the cost is going to be. Where can I see pending UFAs? I'm on a completely different website, but I'm going to throw, uh, there's a couple of names out there I want to throw at you. I'm going to save my favorite for last. Um, Brian Dumoulin from Pittsburgh. He gives you a good amount. Yeah. Of, uh, he gives you a good amount of size, pretty mobile, more of a shutdown guy than a 
than an offensive guy, but he might he'd probably be a little expensive. I won't lie. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just trying to filter here. I'm on cap friendly. All right, Position. you do that. I'm gonna keep throwing names at you. Defense. Um, Oscar Clefbaum's like pretty gone. Uh, Shane Goss despair. I I think you need somebody just a little more defensive than that. Oh, I completely. I don't. I, I uh, to be clear, I'm not on favor. Here's that. here's an interesting one. Are you gonna say the name that I um I'm, I'm liking? I don't know. I was gonna say Dmitri Orlov. You bet it is <laughs> Dmitri like, Orlov. If you can make that work, that is a very, very like that is an impactful signing. I think if you now when you add Dmitri Orlov, right, you're gonna need to move some money out probably. It's probably Sam Bennett gone. But I think Dmitri Orlov in the defensive mix, good skating, two way defenseman, physical. He's everything you'd want, really, for this team, right? Like you like know. Who, oh, sorry, you go. You know who else I really like, and I, this might be a, a, a bias because I, I I got to see him play junior. Ryan Graves. I'm looking at Ryan Graves right now too. I um, would. Yeah. That's an interesting one, and I you know I think the I think the Devils are going to go after Meyer, and that that might create an opening. And they have and to they sign have, Jesper Brad, I think. And they have enough defensive depth, realistically. Yeah. They're pretty deep. They have Siegenthaler. They have Hamilton. They have Luke Hughes coming up. They have Kevin Ball, who is untapped potential. He could be the odd man out. It wouldn't surprise me. And I would be all over Ryan Graves because, again, and I've said it before, you can't. Like those, those are two names that are. Oh, you've cut out now. Oh, you've done it. sorry. Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. I, I think your internet cut out. No, no, it's completely you. Um, <laughs> no, I think one of those two guys would help a lot on defense, or both. I mean, but obviously, like you bring him in, you probably, you know, it's probably goodbye Radko Gudis and goodbye Sam Bennett. I don't know. I pulled up like an armchair GM, so I can't definitively say. Um, if they get, if but if those guys are like out of your price range, like listen, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm gonna bet. Bill Zito likes Vladislav Gavrikov. I I wouldn't be surprised, and I I, I saw his name, and I was like, eh, I don't know, but yeah, like you want to know what? Talk about a guy that can just eat minutes. Yeah, same thing with like a Carson Susie. Like I think you have enough mobility on your back end with Forsling, and with uh, Brandon Montour and Josh Mahura also in the mix for next year as your third pairing guy. I think you need a couple guys in there that can just really lock it down and be physical. And those to me are the the big big candidates there. Up front, I mean, you could look at, you know, spots for some of the younger guys. I know there's not many really pushing for it. Um or you can, you know, again look at the the market too, but I'm not seeing anyone that really like fits in terms of you know what the cost would be to bring him in, right? Um, yeah, like I, I'm... and and unfortunately, you can't even t- discuss a, a an offer sheet because you just don't have the assets. Yeah, maybe if he would want to do it, let's say you trade Sam Bennett, you sign a couple D, you maybe want a little insurance down the middle. Talk to me about Nick Benino. <laughs> 
Talk me out of it, though. I don't think he can. I, I don't think I can either. He's old equals cheap. He wins faceoffs equals puck possession. He'd be kind of like like when we had Noel Achari. Exactly. Yeah, he'd be the same role. Yeah, like there's a lot of like, you know, real like, but like those guys are easy, right? They're a dime a dozen, you know? Um, yeah, there's some, there's, like, there's some guys out there that you think you could be interested in. Like, you add a depth forward or two defense. Last thing, though, in terms of next year, I want to talk about Paul Maurice. Is he one and done or are you bringing him back? I think you got to bring him back. I I just you know you, he's a first year coach with the new new team like you can't unfortunate the unfortunate reality is like you can't judge his performance with the Panthers just based off of the season it's not fair to him yeah like there have been some some injuries and there have been some just some events that make it that I don't I don't think it's fair to judge him based off of this season alone yeah and I think the other thing and I, I really, I really don't think Bill Zito is going to want to move on that quickly. Oh, I don't think he will, right? But like, I think like it makes it tough. I think what's tough on Paul Maurice too is that a lot of the comparison is to the Andrew Burnett and the team last year and what they accomplished. But the reality is, is that this isn't that team. They don't have those players that depth, and they also did get like swept last year in round two, right? Now. I'm not like now I I still I still think about it every so often but like that second round matchup is completely different if the Panthers win game 3. Oh, 100%. With that Mackenzie Weger. Yeah. Like giveaway that should it should have gone to overtime but like I I think that you know we'd be having a very different conversation at that game gone a different way. Yeah, I, I I do agree. I think it, it it changes it a lot, but like I like I think <clears throat> I don't think like I don't think they should do it, but I do think you have to to really consider it, right? I think you, you do. need to do due diligence. I think you need to talk to the the leadership core of the team and ask them how they felt about how this season went and how they feel about Paul Maurice and if they feel like you know they like the way the team the direction of the team and if they feel Paul Maurice can get them over the edge next season if they add in a couple more bodies and then i think you also would like it would depend on who's out there on the market right like who who like don't just you know get rid of a coach just for the sake of getting rid of a coach unless you're going to bring in a coach you genuinely feel is better like if you think Bruce Boudreau is better and can get more out of your group than Paul Maurice. Do it. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, or like, you know, like, the only thing I'm worried about talking like a guy like Bruce Boudreaux is just his track record recently with Vancouver. And I, I don't think, like, I don't think he should have been fired. But, like, the, the fact that I don't think he should have been fired is also the reason why I don't think Paul Maurice should be fired. Yeah, I, I can agree with that to an extent. I do think Bruce Boudreaux is an excellent coach. And I think stylistically, he actually fits this team better than Paul Maurice. But I, I'm not sure if I would do it, but I'd, just, I'd consider it. I'd look at a couple other coaches I really like. Maybe like, I like Todd Nelson. I, I think the really good thing for the Panthers right now is the fact that 
they're they're going into the off season and there's nobody they need to resign. That is nice. Like it's it's very rare that you get that type of off season. And you're you're pretty much you're you're looking at this and you're you're pretty much you're set and you can kind of all that projected cap space that you have is very very malleable. Is that a word? Like flexible. Can, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you you have a, like there's anything that's like you can play with it. There's a lot of different directions you can go. Like this off season, the past off season, right? They just didn't have the cap room to really do much except for. You know, take a chance on a couple guys around the fringes of the team. That's it. And That's they had they... to resign. They had to resign Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Now they've they've taken care of all the, the signing the big guys. Right. They're all walked in. Your core. Your core certainty. Now it's you have this money to spend. Can you spend it wisely and add the right pieces in the right places around the team? And you kind of wait and see. I think you bring back Paul Maurice. And I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I think you bring him back. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you can them halfway through the season if there's a better option out there, obviously. Yeah. Um I, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So we'll see. Obviously, we have this last stretch of games, and like we said, I think it's important for for all Panthers fans to just enjoy it. I know it's gonna be, you know, stressful and tense, and I'm sure I'm gonna see, you know, hashtag fire Maurice uh, hundreds of times across you know, the Twitter timeline, but I don't know. Enjoy the ride. It's fun, right? Yeah, it's exciting. Exactly. You Like, the games matter. That's what exactly. you want. You know? Regardless of the outcome, just enjoy the journey. Um, last thing here, though, on our very popular segment of Hall of Fame or not, I throw out a player, you tell me, are they a Hall of Famer or not? Okay. This week, we're going with someone who has moved at the trade deadline, not on the day, obviously, uh, Jonathan Quick, Hall of Fame or not? Um, let me just look up how many games he's played, but my initial reaction is yes. My initial reaction, by the way, is yes, and it's first ballot. Um, you know, he has two cups. He, does he have a con Smythe? He has a con Smythe. He has two Stanley Cups. He has no Vesmas. He has an Olympic silver. He has a Jennings trophy, two Jennings trophies. And a couple college hockey things. He also won the ESPY Award for Best NHL Player in 2012, in case that holds any weight in Swayze. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think so. I, I'll, I'll go second ballot just to be safe. Um, but I, I do think so that, you know, you look at his body of work and, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's able to do something with Vegas this year so. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, you know, for me, I think th- I know he's still got some time left, right, in his career. For me, I think three, he has three starts mm-hmm. with Vegas so far. Mm-hmm. He has three wins and a one ninety seven and a nine thirty nine save percentage. So yeah, he's a uh, good. The thing is, he's a good goalie, but he always is at his best when it matters, right? Exactly. In the playoffs, he was. He's always unbelievable in the playoffs, and I think that speaks a lot. You talk about the Smythe win. The one cup he won with LA, they came in in the eight seed and came yep. back in the series to win it in game seven. I think he goes like when you talk about goalies of the last 10 years, right? A lot of people talk about, you know, Lundquist and Price. And I think he goes a little bit under the radar. 
in terms of what he's accomplished and what he did. But the Kings don't win any cups without Jonathan Quick. The Olympic yeah. medal, they probably win without him because he sat on the bench behind Ryan Miller. Fair enough, right? Do they win if he's not on the bench is the question. No. Okay. Ryan Miller was the best goalie in the world that year. That's nonsense. <laughs> if he starts, they probably get bronze. That's my So opinion. he wins his last game. Exactly. Hmm? For like cheap metal, I guess. But to me, I I think like also I find it hilarious, by the way, that LA gave Dustin Brown a statue and shipped Jonathan Quick off to Columbus without like consulting him. Like and they retired his number too. Dustin Brown's? Yeah. No, I assume Jonathan Quick gets his number retired too. Well, I to to me that just means <laughs> that just represents how automatic Justin Quick's uh just Jonathan Quick's statue and uh jersey are. Oh yeah. Those was... I mean, yeah, I probably would have given him the statue over Dustin Brown, respectfully. I know Dustin Brown wore the C, but what did he do? I was I was a little I I, I thought it was a little eager on the Kings part because they stripped that captaincy from him. A little bit. It seems to me like if you're talking about like, all right, the Kings from the last 10 years, who deserves the statue the most? I don't think Dustin Brown is in your top five. Maybe five. Because that's it's, the thing. It's Kopitar, it's Doughty, it's Jonathan Quick, and it's probably Justin Williams. Mr. Game Seven. Mr. Game One with the other consmites on their cup runs. Yeah. Realistically, maybe Alex Jazz Hands Martinez. <laughs> like, I don't know. That, that was a weird one from the Kings, but Jonathan Quick to me, first ballot. Yeah. No yeah, question. Sure. Unbelievable career. Underrated. And we'll see what he does with Vegas this year. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if he plays another season. You never know. You never know. Also, just a very, another thing, too, I think to factor into is he's a very different style of goalie. Right? Like a lot of goalies, right? Now, like these days are pretty like cookie cutter in terms of like, he, the, yeah. Yeah. A lot of time, like he, he loves going down to that like one knee. He, rely, he relies a lot more <clears> on um, instinct and uh, just kind of like, than technique, you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it's flow state goaltending, you know. Yeah, it's more of a yeah, it's more of a freestyle type of thing. Yeah, so I like I like that. You look at some of his like greatest saves; they're unbelievable. Yeah, also, I'm pretty sure, and this could be very wrong. I think he's one of the first goalies to do the reverse VH on the post. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was him. Interesting. Now, ask don't fact check that because it could be no, and wrong. I I would have no way of. <laughs> I, but I I'm like know. fairly certain I'm right on that. Okay. And yeah, he's just a different style of goal. He's not the biggest guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So impressive player. Just one to end with that one. I I won't lie to our listeners. I like pretty much panicked. I forgot to look up a player and research for this. So I quickly thought John and Click. No, I think that was a good one. I think you 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 clutched up. Yeah, it's not bad. We'll see what, see what we come up with for next week. Um, but that does it for this one. Thank you so much to everyone tuning and listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, with a brand new episode talking about how the Panthers have done. I don't think they have too many games between uh, now and then, but we'll take a look at how they've done and talk more about this stretch run. So it should be a lot of fun, and see you all then.
a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The pain.